This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country. Eric Cohen and Shane Dale, let's be honest, guys. Uh, it was not a good weekend for Wildcat Athletics. I mean, it just really wasn't. The men's team, well, we, we know what happened against Oregon. We'll talk about that. And the women's team, frankly, got absolutely hosed by Pac-12 officiating. We'll also talk about that. Plus, we'll be joined by Matt Muehlbach, Pac-12 analyst and favorite guest uh, of this program to, to break down everything that's going on with the men's team and is it ready to jump should we be all jump, getting ready to jump off the ledge uh, and panic about this team? But first, Shane, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say about last week. It just, it stunk. Yeah, you know what? I don't want to say we're spoiled here because we've certainly been through, through the ringer in a number of ways as Wildcat fans over the last several years or yeah. decades or whatever you want to put it, whatever, whatever time metric you want to put on it. But over the last few weeks, it's been pretty smooth sailing until recently. You know, we have, ever since the... Uh, you know, late November, they had the Territorial Cup win in the Maui Championship. It's been yeah. almost all exclusively good news. And then uh, the last couple of weeks happened. This past week was was rough, uh, both on the men's and women's side, like you said. Um, and we'll get into into it a little bit. But, uh, yeah, uh, and, and Matt Mielbach is a great guest for us to have this week just because he'll, you know, he, he's a U of A alum, so he'll give us some optimism. But he'll also give us some, sprinkle some realism in there. So I'm looking forward to catching up with Matt. It's the first time we've talked to him in a while. Yeah, we haven't talked to him since last year, so looking yeah. forward, as you said, to having him back on. But, Shane, let's get right to it. There's a lot to discuss, uh, and our first segment is called Buy or Sell, if you're new to the program, and it is presented by Ice Shaker, as uh, Shane is drinking right there, and we both have our Ice Shaker uh, behind us. There you go. If you're watching the uh, YouTube video, you can see our half-gallon jug, which you can buy at iceshaker.com using promo code WILDCATCOUNTRY, capital W, capital C, for $5 off. Or you can go to fanatics.com and get uh, Ice Shaker Wildcat stuff on there. All right, Shane. Uh, number one in buy or sell. I'm going to keep it real simple. Yep. Now it's really time to panic about the men's team. So uh, I, I promise I'm not trying to be cute about this, but I, I want to dive into what you mean by panic. Is that in terms of, well, I guess I can take it whatever direction I want because you can you leave it open ended yes. on purpose like that. I right? do. So, yes. so by panic, um, a couple different ways you can look at it. By panic, do we mean they're not going to win the Pac-12 this year? Uh, the, I, I'd buy that. That that seems a lot less likely than now that it did a couple yep. weeks ago. I agree. Pa- panic that the sky is falling. They're not as good as we thought they were, and that they're not going to contend for a national championship. Uh, well, one step at a time. They're not as good as we thought they were. And I said this last week, and I'm sticking with it, not because I'm stubborn, because I really, I really actually believe it is. I, I think this team is about as good as we've seen collectively over the course of the season. I think that there's less margin for error. This team is not as athletically gifted as last year's was, certainly not as good on defense. Uh, we've seen that uh, time after time where it looks like they're starting to get it, you know, pull it together with a good half, and then they just sort of collapse. Uh, of course, a lot of teams just shoot lights out against Arizona, just the way it goes. And Oregon had some of that going for them uh, uh, this past weekend. But uh, look, 
I, I still I still feel the same way about this team as I did a couple of weeks ago. And that is that, no, I don't think they're a Final Four team um, for the reasons I mentioned, specifically the on the defensive side of the ball. But I think that they are a team that still, if they, if they by the end of the season, if they put together a put everything together at the right time, which is what it takes to get to get to the final four, then they could still find a way to get there. It's still it it's still in the realm of possibility. But as as far as no look, let, let's be honest, Eric, a lot of us are upset right now, maybe panicking not so much over the fact that Arizona's lost a couple games, but because the Wildcats are two games behind ASU. And that in basketball terms is just flat out unacceptable. It's like on the football side, Arizona ahead of ASU, ASU fans, you know, flip out. On the men's basketball side, ASU being not one but two games ahead of Arizona and then beating cleaning Oregon's clock and then watching Oregon do the same to us is that can send someone down a panic spiral. And and, and Twitter was very interesting after the game. I think people have maybe uh, come to their senses a little more after that. So uh, panic as in they're likely not going to repeat as Pac-12 champs. Yeah, I'll buy that. Panic as in they're not going to figure it out. They're not going to at least have the opportunity to put together a good run in March. I'm not there yet. All right. Um, yeah, I'm panicking. I'm going to buy this one. Um, I, it's I, based on what I saw last weekend. This is a team that's played one good half since uh, mid, mid-December, and it was the first half against ASU. I guess, all right, let me say this. The first half against Oregon State on yep. Thursday was pretty yep. good. But two halves, two, really. That's about two it. Two good yeah. halves, yeah, yeah, since mid-December. Um, <laughs> it seems like they've been figured out. And I am just skeptical as to, I mean, I, yeah, right now I'm panicking. And if, if Arizona doesn't sweep this weekend, I'm really going to panic because Arizona doesn't lose at home. They lost to Washington State, and I know that. But I think a sweep now is imperative. Or, Shane, you're playing – You're we're going to be talking about Arizona playing on Wednesday in the Pac-12 tournament. Well, certainly possible, but I wait a couple more weeks before we jumped uh, to that or jumped off that, you can't, that particular. If you ledge. can't sweep this weekend, well, well, look, Eric, put a hypothetical scenario, and I know we're going to get to predictions in in, in our last segment, but you know they beat USC and they, they lose a close game to UCLA, and UCLA is very good. Then you wouldn't feel at least a little bit better about things at that point. No. No, I, I want, I want a, a, not, sweep, a sweep or bust for you. Sweep or bust. You bet. Okay. Yep. All right. No, no ifs, ands, or buts here. Uh, number two, Shane, by yourself. Teams have figured out Arizona lately. Tommy Lloyd must make some changes. I, I'll buy that the changes need to happen. It's just a matter of what. You know, I, I think as, as much as I, we sing Tommy Lloyd's praises, and, and then, you know, I, I'm going to say this, but I think it's true. I think. In college basketball, and really in the NBA too, but especially in college basketball, it's just more about players than it is coaches. And you can only use what you have. And I think Tommy Lloyd overall has still done a remarkable job with the guys he has this season and, and the, considering what he lost, the development, uh, especially of Omar Balo, uh, Tubelis overall. I know he, you know, everyone's leveled off kind of collectively, but uh, I think that he's done a fantastic job. But I think we're finally seeing, look, this team just doesn't, when a couple of guys are off, it makes that much bigger difference. Bigger a difference. There's no one guy who's going to bail out uh, Arizona when things aren't going well, like Ben Matherin did uh, on more than one occasion last season, or like Dale and Terry might step up and have a big game or, or Christian Coloco. Uh, so I, I, I don't know if it's so much that, that, that think that 
teams have figured out Arizona. It's that I think Arizona got off to a hot start, and a lot of teams are starting to figure it out on their figure themselves out, if that makes sense. So I don't know if it's so much that that there's a, a finally a blueprint to beating Arizona so much as that I, I think that a lot of teams have sort of caught up to the Wildcats after they got off to a hot start that was in hindsight realistically never going to continue at that level. Okay, fine. Uh but you have to buy this one. Tommy has to make some changes. And yeah. that might involve, you know, putting Courtney Ramey off the bench. Um, you know, Kylan Boswell has been really good lately. Ever since he I has. called him out on the show, he's been fantastic. He must have heard uh, you. He took, he it, took it personally. Have, must have listened to Wildcat Country, and that must be it. He he's looked great, and uh, I, Tommy has to make some changes. The fact is, Bobby Hurley unlocked something in the second half, and Arizona hasn't been right since. Yeah, with the, with the exception of one half at Oregon State, and then the second half they fell apart. Something yeah. has to change. Well, so what would you do? Would you, you bench Ramey and put a uh, stick Boswell in there? Or start a couple start two point guards, or I mean, Cedric Henderson started the regular season, the first uh, three games. Yeah, I, I would probably um I don't know if I would I don't know if I would would start Boswell. I mean, I definitely consider it. Ramey's not playing well right now. Ramey needs to to get his act together and then I would start him. Maybe I start Henderson. All I can tell you is Ramey would not start for me. I would not make a change with Pella. I would keep him. But with Courtney yeah. Ramey, he just looks disinterested. And you know, if you watched I, there was one game, I don't remember what it was. Uh, was it Washington, something like that, where there was a, or maybe it was against Oregon, I don't know, where there was a, a guy going for a layup at the other end, and he, or he was going for a layup, and like lackadaisically laid the ball up and got, got it swatted away. Throw it down. What are you doing? I think it was yeah. against Washington. Uh, it was just such a lazy play, and I hate that. Well, and, and one of the reasons why, you know, I was a little underwhelmed when, when, Ramey and Henderson transferred to Arizona and, and overall they've still been very good pickups for Tommy Lloyd, but Ramey's never been that good a shooter. His field goal percentage has never been that good. So, you know, and it's just been dreadful, obviously the last couple of weeks. So uh, I, I'd not, I, I don't know. Long-term, I still think that he's probably uh, the guy you want to start, but for now, you we, just for the sake of switching things up, you know, and, and, th- and really this is, this is the first really tough stretch that Tommy Lloyd has experienced at Arizona. You know, they had four losses last year. They were all kind of spread out. You know, they had kind of a rough stretch when they lost, they got blown out at UCLA and then they won a close game at home against ASU. And then they went and they swept UCLA and USC the following week. So all of those struggles were very short lived. This is the first time where it's been several weeks, like of sustained uh, ineptitude. Uh, so do you shake things up for the sh- the sake of shaking things up? Or do you just say, Hey, look, Kylan Boswell has been playing better. Let's get, let's start him. Like maybe let, let's do something to kind of jumpstart things to make things feel fresh again. So, uh, it, even though Boswell is a natural point guard, he can also shoot the ball. We've seen that. So m- maybe you have a crease at the one Boswell, the two, where you can kind of interchange them. You know, like a lot of times last year, Dale and Terry would bring the ball up the floor. So I don't think it has to be that cut and dry. So I wouldn't. Well, I think Ramey is probably the guy long, you know, by at the end of the season, you want to start in the two spot. I wouldn't mind seeing Boswell in that spot uh, against uh, USC and UCLA. All right. Number three, Shane, Arizona is ranked number 11 is simply too high by herself. Um, I'll buy that. They're probably not the 11th best team in the country, but it's, it's one of those years, Eric, where there's really not a dominant team or a couple of teams, you know, every so often you have that where it just, there's a team or a couple of teams that are destined to go to the national championship game, you know, Gonzaga and Baylor a couple of years ago, but more often than not, there are a lot of very good teams, but no elite teams. So, you know, everyone's lost a couple of games or almost everyone's lost a couple of games at this point. So 
I think the fact that they haven't dropped further is just a fact, you know, get teams like, like UConn are just, they're also struggling right now. And and it's in, by the way, it's hard to not notice that the, that, that uh, Sean Miller's uh, Xavier uh, team has, has, has passed Arizona in the rankings, but do I think they're the 11th best team in the country right now? No, I don't. I mean, they're probably not even top half of the PAC 12, the way they've been playing the last couple of weeks, but as far as their overall body of work, I think 11 is it's about right. Uh, I'm going to say that Arizona is, I'm going to buy this one. They're, they're simply too high. I, I think right now I'd put them around 15 and therefore I'm going to follow this up with another question, Shane, okay. Arizona's chances at a top three seed are pretty much out the window without a sweep this weekend. Uh, it, I wouldn't say out the window. I'll sell that because I think they, there's still enough room for quality wins, even though the PAC 12 is what it is. You know, if you picture that they, they play, you they could play UCLA a couple more times, obviously, you know, beating them out on the road is, is going to be a tougher task, but it's something that it can be done. Uh, I think a one seed is probably out the window realistically a two seed maybe as well, but I, I think there's still time to write the ship. And I think the selection committee even though I don't know if it's an official metric, they do weight how you finish a little bit strong, more strongly than, than how you start. So, you know, Arizona struggles for the next week, or even say they go two and two in the next couple of weeks. I still think there's time for them. If they finish strong, they say they win like, you know, like five of their last six in the regular season and they go on and win the PAC 12 tournament. And that includes a win over UCLA, a lot of ifs, but if that comes to fruition, I think a three seed is still in play. A sweep is imperative this weekend. I can't emphasize that enough. Simple as that. If they don't get that, I would say maybe not out the window. That might be a little overreacting. I think a top two seed is probably out the window if you don't beat UCLA at home. Simple as that. You'll yeah. have lost two two of your last three at home, assuming you beat UCLA or USC on Thursday. Um, I, I think at this point, this is a must-win game. Call me crazy, and I might be, but uh, it's a must-win game. All right, number four, Shane. Just going to keep this one generic, men's and women's. Pac-12 basketball officiating. Buy or sell? Uh, unless that's a trick question, that's the easiest sell ever. Uh, certainly, it's 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 been consistently bad, and we saw that on the women's side. Oh, that's awesome. uh, if you you know if you happen to watch the end of the Arizona Utah game on on Sunday, uh, Arizona looked like they were about to pull off an incredible comeback in the last yes. few seconds. Um, Paris That's a call Clark. you cannot make, Shane. Yeah. Well, if, I mean, it was a very iffy call. Even see, here's the thing: I'm not one of those people who thinks that referees should swallow their whistles at the end of games. So I it's do. A foul, I it's a foul. But even with that, that was a that was a call that doesn't always get made. I, I think there are some officiating crews, whether it's football or men's basketball or women's basketball, whatever the sport is, they're kind of a a respect my authority kind of crew, and they like to make it about themselves. And I think this was one of those instances. And so it was unfortunate that there was that the call was made uh, under the hoop with 1.6 seconds left and what was really a desperation inbounds pass by Utah. Um, it was really unfortunate because I think Arizona, they got swept at Utah and Colorado. We had Coach Barnes on last week and she talked about how difficult a trip that is. They really played pretty well overall. Uh, defensively, like, like the men's side, that they still have some work to do, but they were ahead or tied with Colorado late and Colorado has been playing very well lately. And then Utah, a, a, a well-rested Utah team that didn't have to play uh, ASU, which forfeited a couple of days earlier. That was a back and forth game. They took the lead a couple of times late, including with less than 10 seconds left with less than five seconds left. And then the ending happened. So the, I, it's not, 
not a situation where they really deserve to get swept, um, with officiating or not. There's still plenty of time for them to right that ship. And unlike on the men's side, there's a lot of opportunities great for, for quality wins. I think that the, despite this, the, the road sweep that the women are putting together, but to go back to your question, no, it, I know I saw you made the, the comment on, on Twitter that get us to the big 12. So we don't have to deal with the pac 12 refs anymore. I don't know. I'm not as that familiar with big 12 officiating. So I don't know what's can't, gra- can't be worse. Shane. I don't know can't if it's a grass is greener situation, but no, it can't be worse. You're right. No, no. I mean, that, that, that you don't, I am going to disagree with you, at least from my point of view. I think there's certain calls that you swallow the whistle at the end of the game. That was one of them. I mean, yeah. that was, it, I think I, I get it. I get course it. of a game that is more likely to be a foul than it is at the end of the game with one second left. The officials simply, in, in fouling an 80% free throw, they knew that. They knew yeah. she was a good free throw. Sh- I mean, that was a case of we don't want Arizona to win. That's what it looked like. You know, listen, you're putting yourself in a situation by even making contact in that situation where it's risky. But that is a call that I believe the officials do not make more than 50% of the time, men's or women's. Put it this way. If the game were in Tucson, they would no not have made that call. call. No, not a no. chance. And that's it, Shane. Yeah. I mean, I, I am a proponent of, I don't care where the game is played. doesn't matter who it, you make the call. At the end of the game, you got to be a little more sensitive. You don't want your whistle to determine the outcome of a game. And they did. Simple as yeah. that. They did. Yeah. And, and officiating in that game overall was just, was, it was, was horrible. It was all and same against, place. And same against Colorado a few nights before. It was also horrendous. Yeah. They were consistently inconsistent. We'll put it that way. But yeah, it, that and, game we're in Tucson. That, yeah, that, I mean, with officials are human, even though they won't, they won't admit to this sort of thing that, that, you know, you get 9,000, 10,000 fans of Mikhail screaming at you. They wouldn't have made that call. No way, no how. Uh, number five, Shane, now it's really time to panic about the women's team. Uh, for the reasons I mentioned, I'll sell that. I, I still think, and, and, and Coach Barnes pointed out that there's so many new faces on this team, seven new players, really. You know, they had they had some stability with Kate Reese coming back and Shayna and, and Maddie Connor uh, and Helena Pollo, but a lot of you know, young players, transfers, a, a lot new players in the mix. Even with that, though, I feel like they're starting to put things together a little bit, and, and I think that they're going to look very good at home this week. So, no, I don't panic about them. I, I think maybe my expectations for them going into the season were a little too high. Um, in hindsight, I think maybe I was thinking, okay, well, maybe this is a Final Four team, and probably not, at least not this year. Uh, but, I, the, again, like I said, the Pac-12 on the women's side is much stronger than on the men's side. And that that sweep, you know, and you just look on, on the face of it doesn't look good. But they, they put together a couple of decent performances. They should have and probably deserved to win at least one of those games. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll get better on the defensive side of the ball. There's a there's more turnover on this team than I really took into account going into the season. And I think the freshmen are only going to get better by the end of the year. And I think they could – I still think this is a team – put it this way. At this point, I think the women are more likely to get to the Sweet 16 than the men are. Whoa. Um I'm not willing to go that far yet. I'm not saying they're going to. I I, I think that they have a better chance of making a run in March. But Whoa. to your point, you have to get a top four seed in the, in the women's side to really yes. have a good chance. So, and this this weekend losing both hurt. It did, but it definitely I did. am not panicking at all because I thought Arizona played well enough to win both games. Simple as that. Games were decided at the end. By referees, and uh, yeah, I thought like, it mean, the Colorado game not necessarily, but a Utah game. It was absolutely. close. It was close. I mean, Colorado, yeah, Arizona it was. Chance to beat Colorado in the in the final yep. second. Yep. yep. 
Uh, disappointing. Uh, and I feel for Adia, and I hope I didn't jinx her by saying I thought Arizona was going to win both games last weekend. Whoops. Walking Coming up next. Curse from- strikes again. Yep, yep. Let's talk to Matt Mulebach and see what he thinks about the men's chances of going far in March here on Wildcat Country. Scooby, we sent you an ice shaker. Um, they are a sponsor, uh, courtesy of our buddy Chris Gronkowski. Uh, you have it Gronk. right there. I love my ice shaker. Fun fact, when I was I trained with Glenn Gronkowski, everybody, when we were trained together, people thought I was I was the other Gronk brother, so it was kind of funny. But yes, I love my ice shaker. It is very good. I use it every day. I am a, I am a veteran to the ice shaker game, by the way. What's up, Wildcat Country? Chris Gronkowski here. Use coupon code WildcatCountry at iShaker.com. Shane, it's been a long time since we had one of my favorite college basketball analysts on the program, and he's a U of A alum. He's Mr. Triple Double. He's a Pac-12 network analyst. We see him all over the place. Matt Muehlbach joining us here on Wildcat Country. Matt, I'm on the ledge. Like, it's been a rough couple weeks. Arizona has not played. It's played one good half of basketball since mid-December. Talk me off of the ledge. Is this team is it like is this team for real or were they did they just get us overly excited early and not really as good as we thought they were? Well, I well, first of all, thanks for having me on, fellas. Really appreciate it. I always love coming on the show. And and uh, you you guys are you guys are bringing in the reliever for the Arizona basketball squad, right? No, you're you're the you're the emergency starter. You're the ace <laughs> on three days rest. And we need the W's, Matt. We need we need the hard hitting analysis <laughs> right, that you always give right, us. Right in time for UCLA, USC, right? The LA schools. Exactly. And how crazy is it that I think maybe the four best teams in the Pac-12 are playing literally in Tucson and Tempe in in two days? So it should be an amazing weekend. Um, I don't know, man. I, I was watching the games in the studio on Saturday, and I I got to tell you, I was I was surprised at Arizona's result. I was maybe more surprised at Oregon and how well they played because this is the classic, I guess this is me talking you off the ledge here. This is seriously the classic, um, you know, Arizona's got Arizona on their chest and people are playing their best basketball against Arizona. Um, It's not an excuse, you know, it's not an excuse for maybe losing or how bad they lost. And I'll tell you the, the team has lost in some different ways, which maybe good news and bad news. Um, you know, you look at the couple losses, Utah and the Washington state game and, and, and Arizona just shot it terrible. You know, you look at, I think it was four for 28 in one of those games, four for 25 and the other from three and couldn't make a shot. You know, you'd make, you'd make the argument that they probably should have gone inside more if they can, but you know, teams are, teams are playing for that. They're, they're kind of daring and, and baiting Arizona to shoot and they're kind of picking their poison. And if they get an off night, they think they can beat Arizona. What concerned me about Oregon, though, was different. Um, it wasn't so much an offensive, you know, game as much as it was just defensively. They really struggled with Oregon size, their shot making. Um, Oregon shot like seventy some percent from two in that game. I mean, they 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 were getting just anything they wanted inside the arc, and they shot it pretty well from three. It was okay, but it wasn't enough to you know blow you away. And so I think, you know, one of the things that I, 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 I still think this Arizona's team is very, very good. Are they in the, a top five team right now? No, I don't, I, I'm, you know, they're not. And they, they got to prove that and get maybe back to that spot. And they got a chance to do that. Um, but 
I think they, I think defensively is where I, I would want to see some improvement if I were them. I think playing with a little more of an edge, a little more desperation, a little tougher, a little more physical, and, and just being better on that end of the floor would, would, is something that they're going to need to do this weekend. Yeah, Matt, uh, like Eric said, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, this is Tommy Lloyd's first real, I guess, test in his time at, at as Arizona's head coach. You know, they had a, they scattered a few losses throughout last season. That was about it. You know, they had a loss early against Utah, and they and they bounced back from that. This is really their first like longer slump, if you want to call it that. Based on what you know about Coach Lloyd, do you, are you confident he's going to make the adjustments, like based on the players he has on both sides of the ball, to be able to turn this thing around? Look, I know Tommy pretty well, and and um, I, I'm not I'm not worried about him. You know, this is this is he's been through this. He's been through this at Gonzaga a million times. Um, and, and I think, you know, yeah, maybe it's a little bit different as a head coach, but it, it, it's early. I mean, we are still super early and I've been doing this, you know, I've been doing this PAC 12 stuff for a long time and, and I've been doing the studio for a long time. And, and actually I was getting made, they were kind of making fun of me because we were talking about coach of the year, um, last weekend and we were having fun with it. And the reason they're making fun of me though, is if you start calling out coach of the year and player of the year and stuff like that in middle of January, like it literally might change six times. And so the same goes for the teams as well. And so I was, I saw, I'll give you another example. I saw Colorado a week and a half ago play at home. I did their game live. I thought they were the third best team in the PAC 12. And then they go out to LA. They look really mediocre. They don't play well in either game. And they come home with their tail between their legs and they're having the same call with Spencer Dinwiddie right now on their podcast, a, a much better guest than me as an ex player, but it, it's super early. There's a ton of times to fix the things that may be going wrong and uh, we'll see if they can fix them. Matt, uh, one thing Tommy Lloyd mentioned I guess, during his radio show on Monday was the possibility of playing Kylan Boswell and Kirk Creesa more together, which he's done he here and there uh, this point of the season. What do you think about that? And are there any other, like if you're in Tommy Lloyd's position, any other tinkering you do with the lineup or minutes at this point? I mean, I think Boswell's earned him, right? And I so I, I could see that coming. He's he's played. I'm he may be the most surprising thing all year because I, I thought early on in the season, obviously, coming off that injury and being 17, he just didn't look like he was ready for this level, for the for the pace they were playing, for some of the ball pressures they were putting on him. And the glimpse that I first saw was, was Tennessee. That's where I, I saw him. You know, he was guarding that point guard for Tennessee, and I thought he did a really good job on him, and it surprised me. And he's just gotten better since. So I don't, I'm not surprised at that. I think he's going to tinker a little bit maybe with everything. Obviously, Tabella, uh, uh, Balo and Tabellas, I mean, they're fine, right? You're not going to do much with them. But, you know, I, I, I could see everything kind of open right now, and – you know, I go back to the Lute Olsen days when you used to always say before practice started, hey, the guys who have the top five rebounding numbers are going to start, you know, the first game. And he might he might he might do some things like that to, to kind of get guys, um, you know, like I said, a little more desperate, a little more edgy um, in terms of who he's going to put in there. So I, I wouldn't put him put it past him. I don't think I don't think he'll do anything shocking yet, but I could see some I could see some tinkering for sure. Matt, do you think that during the second half of the ASU game on, on December 31st, 
that Bobby Hurley figured out a strategy that other coaches are now adopting when it comes to slowing Arizona's offense. Do you believe that's a thing or not? Well, it is a thing. Um, and, and it's easier to slow teams down than it is to speed teams up. It's just, it's just easier to do. You can, if you can control the ball and hold it, it it's, it's something that other teams can do. And, you know, I've done four or five Arizona games this year. And, you know, the number one thing, that every coach says when I do a game, I ask the opposing coach, you know, what are the keys? And they say, you got to get back. You, you can't let them get layups. You can't let them get easy buckets. Um, and everybody knows that. I mean, it's, you know, they were leading the nation in two point percentage. And one way you do that is by running the floor and scoring quickly and so forth. So I think slowing down is a tactic for sure. Um, and so Arizona has got to execute better on the half court. I think playing, you know, people are playing all their five players inside the arc and playing them inside the lane. And, and they're going to, they're going to keep doing that. Um, it's, it, you have to, because their two bigs are the two best bigs in the country. So one guy that I think universally is struggling that everybody is trying to figure out what happened is Pella Larson. Now you're a, you were a guard, a very successful one in, in your day. What would you advise Pella to turn things around at this point? You know, I think it's, it's, it's the, I remember Dick Tomey years ago. I probably told you this story because I'm, I'm running out of stories now at my age, but I remember Dick Tomey, I was, I was going to lunch one time and they were struggling. They'd lost a couple in a row. And he said, what are you going to do this week? You know, drastic changes. He goes, we're just going to work on blocking and tackling. That's all we're doing. And if I were Pella, all I would do is just, you know, you just, you work on defense, um, you work on defense and rebounding. That's what you do. You play defense and you rebound and you let the rest of the game come to you. That's, that's really all you can do as a shooter. And I, I went through some slumps. Um, I had some, I had some, I had some, my senior year, I had a rough patch right in the, I had a, I played really well early and then I'd kind of a rough, rough patch right before the holidays. And I was not shooting it well from three. And, and I remember specifically, you know, talking to um, one of our coaches about that. And he's just like, play defense and rebound. We played UCLA uh, in, in the uh, very early in the, in the conference. And I think I went like, you know, six for six from the field, five for five from three. And it all came together sort of luckily, I guess, because I, I wasn't thinking about, you know, my offensive numbers. Matt, on the, on the defensive side of the ball, just from your experience, is that when a team's struggling on defense, you know, and I, I, I try not to mention Ken Palm all the time, but I, I do anyway, that they're just, it's quite a bit a drop from last year. It, is it a matter if you just, if you don't have the guys, you don't have the guys, like obviously they lost Christian Coloco and uh, from last year, or is there something that Tommy Lloyd can do scheme wise that could help boost the defense uh, the rest of the season? Um, yeah, I'm with you on the numbers, by the way, you know, they're, they're now like barely in the top hundred, which, you know, if, if you were an average team, you'd say, oh, that's not bad. We're in the top hundred. But if you're looking to, you know, make a sweet 16 and a further run, you really need to be in the top, you know, yeah, at least in top. They were, yeah. They were, they were like 20 or so last year. Yeah. So I, you know, yeah, it's a little personnel. Um, it's always going to be a little bit personnel. But I also think it's it's um, you know the rebounding numbers are are could be better, and I think rebounding is more of an attitude and more of a 
uh, again, an edginess type of thing that they've got the talent to rebound. And I think they just need to kind of focus on that and think about it. But, you know, they don't, the other thing they don't do is it's tough. They don't get a lot of steals and that's just the way their defense is. And part of that is personnel, right? They're not going to, they're not going to take the ball away from you a ton usually, although they had a few steals actually against Oregon. Um, And so I think it's more just at this point, attitude, desperation, edge, whatever you want to call it. Um, And, and again, as I, I, you know, I mentioned like those Utah, Colorado, were rolling baby. And then they got to LA and now they're, they're having these same calls and you know what they're doing, their defense rebounding, they're doing all those same things. And I think Arizona is going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how physical, because I think, I think Colorado and I think UCLA is probably the most physical team in the league. And UCLA out physical Arizona in the first game last year at Poly. And then Arizona, I mean, kind of like UCLA punched them in the mouth a little bit. And then Arizona punched them in the mouth when they came back to Tucson. I thought Arizona really toughened up, you know, during that span. And I was really impressed this year. Look at Cincinnati first game in Maui, look at uh, San Diego state, look at Tennessee. Those are three of the most physical defensive minded teams in the country. And, and they were, they passed those tests. It was kind of the Houston, you know, test from last year, they passed the test so they can do it. Uh, You know, it's just a matter now of, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they do that this weekend. My last question for you, Matt, uh, how many NCAA tournament teams are there in the PAC 12 and who do you think ends up winning this conference? You know, I think there's up to six. Um, I think right now there's, there's three in, I think, I think UCLA, Arizona, Arizona state are in, if you did it right now, I think the other three teams that could get in and, and there's maybe even a fourth. So I'll even throw it out to seven is, is Colorado, Utah, and I think um, Washington State, Oregon. All four of those teams are in range. If you ask me who's going to do it, um, and I was really pressed. I, so the first three teams are going to do it. They're going to make it, those three. I, I think if I had to pick one team out of there, God, it, it, it's tough, but I, I might pick Colorado. I mean, Colorado has really good guard play. They have two really good players. They didn't look great this weekend, but I really like what they do. And um, so I, I would say right now, but but I could be, you know, it could be any one of those other three. I think it's going to be four teams. I've never asked you this one, Matt. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out there. It's the end of our segment. So of course, you know, I have to ask you a couple of interesting ones. If you were to do a coach draft in the Pac-12, among Pac-12 coaches, <laughs> choose your top three, in no order, but just top yeah. three, who would you choose? This year or all time? All, I mean, just uh, among the, the future. Yeah, for the future. Well, I, I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to do this year, if you don't mind, because I, yep. I, I want to do what 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 we've seen so far. Um, Tommy Lloyd would 100 percent be in the in, in the future. He's I think Tommy's one of the top five coaches in the nation it, when you start looking at now and in the future. I mean, it's he, he is going to he's going to crush it in Arizona and, and he's just going to crush it. I think this year, if you're looking at coach of the year, um, you know, you have to look at Mick Cronin, what he's done. Now he has everybody back. He's got all the tools, but you have to look at how he coaches that team, how they've responded. Part of coaching is guys don't leave. You know, he's kept guys at his school. Like he's done an amazing job. I think you also got to bring in Bobby Hurley for what he's done. I mean, you have to, he's, he's done a phenomenal job of, 
hitting that portal again, but but getting the right kind of personnel to fit this year. It didn't fit the last two years. And man, if if I were to probably say the third guy right now on that, um, I'd probably say Tommy, because if you think about it, I look, I'm going to say this last thing. Arizona is a victim of their success this year. I did not think Arizona was a, barely even a top 20 team when you lose three basically first round draft picks. And you have Umar Bala, who was a six man. You have Pella, who was a six man. I mean, you basically had two starters back. And is that right? They have two or, yeah, two starters to Bellis and, and, and Kirk Risa. And I said it on air, and I actually felt bad about saying I thought they had a really high floor and maybe a kind of medium ceiling. And when they started blowing people out and winning the Maui, I felt really bad. Like I, I misjudged how good of a coach, like I misjudged how well Tommy got that team prepared and, and got to the Maui and won the Maui and played so well and beat Tennessee. They were victim, like, like they should not in a way have been that good that early. That's, that's, it just shouldn't have happened. They almost should be getting there now, right? Like, or not even there. Like, I, again, I was thinking it's a 15 to 25 team. And the fact that they're number 11 in the country. So I hope that helps you walk off the ledge or not walk off the ledge. Because if you, if you ask me, if you, yeah, exactly, if you ask me in, you know, September 1st, if this team was going to be 11 in the country, I'd be surprised in a way, you know, especially looking at that schedule and Maui and so forth. So I, I give Tommy and this team a lot of credit for actually where they are, even though it's actually dropped from as high as they got. All right. So my last question is if Arizona makes the sweet 16 once again, and that's it, is it a successful season? Oh yeah. I I think almost every single time you get to the sweet 16 and successful, you have 16 teams left. Any Anything at all can happen. One bad shooting night, you're out. One bad matchup, you're out. We saw that last year. Houston should have been, Houston should have been a two seed. They should have been in Houston in the final four. I mean, that was a joke that they got seeded fifth or whatever they were. Um, and so I really believe once you get there, it's it, it's it's a roll of the dice once you get in the sweet 16. Well, let's roll our dice now and let's hope things uh, progress better than they have recently. Matt, always great to talk to you. We look forward to talking to you again before the end of the season. Great insight as always. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Thanks, Shane. Really appreciate you guys. If you're looking to add value to your sports cards, you've got to check out DTSportsCards.com. They're an authorized dealer for PSA, which means you'll get great prices on your submissions if you go through them. And for just $2 a card, DT Sports Cards will take a close look at each card you submit and let you know whether it's worth grading. I just submitted some high-end hockey cards. They took a very close look, said they're good to go, and they all earned a PSA 10 grade, which tripled the value of each card. DT Sports Cards is located right here in Arizona. They provide quick, personalized service through email or direct messages. Find them online at dtsportscards.com and check them out on Instagram at dt underscore sports cards. Thanks to Matt Muehlbach for joining us. And now it's time for our third segment, which is presented by DT Sports Cards. And Shane, on January 28th, we are, what, a week and a half away when we're recording this. Uh, The Chandler Gilbert Card Show is going to be uh, out there. You're going to be selling some cards. And DT Sports Cards will be there. Tell us about it. 
Yeah, well, DT Sports Cards is great for submitting uh, cards for grading. If you're got if you're into that, like I am, to a PSA, they're a licensed PSA dealer. Uh, Dave, who runs DT Sports Cards, does a great job of uh, looking over your cards. If you want him to do that, let you know which ones to to send in, which ones to kick out. Uh, so you're not uh, wasting money on cards that won't grade well. So he does a fantastic job. He'll be there if you want to drop off a submission there. You go to dtsportscards.com and you can fill out the submission form there, or you can do it on site. The card show, I'm going to be a, uh, a dealer at a card show for the first time in my life, Eric. And uh, I'm excited for you. Yeah, yeah. And so it'll be at 6, uh, 644 East Chandler Boulevard okay. in Chandler, Arizona from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturday January 28th. So you're looking to buy some cards, looking to maybe do some trades. I'm big on hockey cards. Uh, they I just seem to do very well with those. So I'll be selling some of those there and then a lot of other stuff, some Cardinal stuff, uh, Sun stuff. So stop by, come say hello. I think you're going to try to stop by as well. Uh, so, yeah, I will be there. Uh, yeah. I will be there to so stop by for a little bit. So come meet the Wildcat Country team and 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 buy something. And another <laughs> chance to meet the Wildcat Country team will be on February 17th at the uh, Toast and Taste event with Rocky LaRose. The East Valley chapter is hosting that at the Phoenix Airport Marriott. You can find out more at alumni.arizona.edu in the events section. Buy your tickets. Uh, Shane and I will be emceeing and really looking forward to that. So um, that should be a gr- two great times. We hope to to meet you guys uh, in person over the next six weeks or so. Okay, a couple things. Now, we're recording this on Tuesday night, Shane. On Wednesday uh, morning, late morning, is when the Arizona uh, football schedule and the Pac-12 schedule in general are coming out. Now, we already know a few games. Uh, It goes NAU uh, at Mississippi State, and then they host UTEP at home. Mm -hmm. And then we found out, per John Canzano, who has been a uh, a multiple-time guest on this program, a few things about Arizona's schedule I just want to touch on. Next week, we'll break down the whole thing, how many wins, et cetera. There is no Black Friday Territorial Cup, so I know that upsets you. Yep, I'm a Um, traditionalist. I like it on Friday. I like it on Friday, and I like a matinee matchup on Friday to me is what it should always be. It makes you wonder, is the game on Saturday? Is it another weekend? I assume it's on Saturday. Otherwise, Canzano would have pointed that out. Arizona opens its Pac-12 slate on Saturday, September 23rd against Stanford. So uh, at Stanford, uh, I don't think the Cardinals are scheduled to be uh, very good this year, so... That is a winnable road game as far as I'm concerned. Arizona should have a decent chance to start 3-1 and one, any way you look at it. Uh, they will be at USC either on Friday or Saturday, October 6th and 7th. That should be interesting. A Friday night game would be extra exposure. And no Oregon or Cal on the schedule this year. And that's a good thing and a bad thing because I think Cal's the worst team in the conference. And I think Oregon arguably is the best team in the conference. Right there with USC and Washington. The quarterbacks in this conference are going to be insane next Ridiculous. year. Ridiculous, yeah. We are going to break it all down next week. Unfortunately, we're recording this, of course, just before the schedule oh, comes of out. Course. Look for Shane and I on Twitter. I'm sure we will uh, opine as to uh, what we think Arizona's record will be, and then we'll break it down next week on the program. And we're going to make some super early uh, predictions for the uh, for the regular season then. and we'll Yes, we will. We'll By the way, I love how... Uh, Canzano saying that uh, ASU gets five of their first six games at home. Of course they do. Yeah, thank you, Pac-12. Well, that's going to even out. I mean, I know they get Arizona in. They have eight home games, Shane. They don't. They didn't schedule a non-conference road game. Is that right? Yeah. Goodness, there's no excuse for them to not win at least uh, what five. They have to win six games with Dylan. If they don't do that, uh, well, it's the year one. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, eight games at home, Shane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that extra game against a cupcake. 
it's uh, their their non conference schedule is is Michigan level offhand, and we'll we'll <laughs> break that down next week. Uh, another thing I want to touch on today it was announced that Dave Rubio, longtime Arizona volleyball yeah. coach, thirty one years, uh, deciding to uh, hang it up. Uh, still, you know, in his early sixties, so a little surprising, but. Uh, congratulations to Coach Rubio on what has been a phenomenal career. Yeah, I got to uh, talk to him a couple times when I was in the Daily Wildcat. Uh, volleyball wasn't my beat, but I actually got to interview the entire uh, team once in, uh, before they, they played in the tournament in uh, 2003. They played Wisconsin. I think they lost. But anyway, uh, you know, Kim Glass was on that team. You're familiar yeah. with her. And then uh, yeah, Bree Ladd, sure. Bree Ladd yeah. Walton yeah. Uh, was on that team. So, But yeah, it, it, Dave's been a, a mainstay for, I mean – 31 years. That was longer than, than, uh, Lou was there, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, did a lot, a lot of good teams. I mean, I never won a, a championship. It was like a mainstay in the NCAA tournaments every year and, 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 and put together. That's the really final four teams. in 2001, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and had in the same year that Arizona, last yep. time Arizona, the men's basketball team got there. So, uh, yeah, but had some very good teams over the years and by all accounts did everything the right way it was just a generally good guy. Very well, you know, very few people, respected on on campus more than him and it's it's going to be a little weird not not seeing him there uh anymore so but w- wish him the best in his retirement you know i was at the airport this is probably a little over a year ago and i was it was in the morning and dave rubio was sitting by himself i really wanted to go over and say hi and i'm like nah i don't want to bug the guy uh but he seems like a nice guy from everybody and nobody's i've never heard a bad word about him uh yeah. so this is a this is a loss for arizona and wish coach uh, the best in his retirement all right shane it is time for predictions now uh, Arizona hosts uh, uh, USC and UCLA, and the women play ASU up here in Tempe, I believe. Uh, how yep. many wins will Arizona get among those three games this weekend? Two. Uh, the, the women will will take care of business against ASU. That's not a question. Yep. I mean, ASU they're they're still dealing with injuries, and and they're just Arizona's just a much better team. So I mean, the last couple of years, even when ASU wasn't that good, uh, ASU find a way to beat them in Tempe. But I don't think that's going to happen this no. time. Uh, the men's side, I, I think they find a way to beat USC. I I think the men are going to play better. I just think UCLA is just it's just a better team. I think last year they were very evenly matched, and I think we saw that UCLA won at, at home, Arizona won at home, and then they had a great. Uh, Pac-12 uh, tournament championship game that could have gone either way. And the Wildcats won even without Kirk Carissa. This year, UCLA is a more balanced team. There are only a handful of teams, Eric, that are in the top 20 in both Ken Palm adjusted offense and defense. And UCLA is one of them. Arizona is not anywhere near that on the defensive side. They've been struggling on the offensive side. And any anything can happen in the given game. The Wildcats will be up for this game. They they've Every time they played a great team this year, uh, Indiana, Tennessee, uh, Creighton, they've been up for it, so that won't be a problem. I just think talent's going to win out. So I think they find a way to beat USC, but I think UCLA gets the better of them. Every week I do this, uh, and you guys probably think I'm a homer by now, but Arizona's going to go 3-0 this weekend. I'm not worried about the women's game. Uh, the USC game, I expect Arizona to win. It'll be close. I mean, like last year, I think the, the game was closer than it They had the rally late in that game to, yeah. to beat USC. Yeah. I, I think under 10 points. I will be there on Saturday uh, in Tucson. For the UCLA game, that's such my a first. great atmosphere. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I loved going to U of A UCLA games over the years. I haven't been to one. Um, boy, I can't even remember the last time that I did it. Probably at least a few years. Really looking forward to being down there. Uh, nationally televised game, I believe, on ABC. Arizona's winning this game. I think it'll be lower scoring than we would expect, but I see Arizona winning a game 
probably like 73-67 in that ballpark. Uh, Wildcats are not losing that game, Shane. I'm just telling you that right now. Well, now here's the big question, though. Are you going to put your money where your mouth is on that? Yes. You are. I am. I am. I will will take, uh, you know, on. uh, Because I got to believe UCLA is going to be favored by a couple points. Um, well, yeah, I, you never know, you know but it'll, be, it'll I, be close. It'll be close. I've seen, I've seen people say that UCLA is going to be favored. If Arizona wins fairly comfortably on Thursday night and who knows what's going to happen with UCLA at ASU. I mean, ASU, yeah. I think UCLA wins, but I think didn't last year they lose at ASU. So I think, they, I think yeah, cause I, it's one of those trips. I think a lot of times like when, like if, if cause people, Teams gear up to play uh, to play U of A, and and Kyle Dodd, the commentator at ASU, calls it the the U of A effect, where a team will go down to Tucson, lose to U of A, and be like, okay, well, our whole trip is you know is ruined now. So then they go and lose to ASU too. So, but ASU is also legitimately good this year. That that game against San Francisco, notwithstanding, they've they've put things back together. So, no, I wouldn't be surprised um, if if ASU at least gave them a hard time. And ASU's only loss at home this year is to U of A. Arizona, yeah. Um, but um, I'm not as optimistic as you, but I hope you enjoy it. And it's really unfortunate this is going to be one of the, like I guess the second to the last time we're going to see Arizona versus UCLA and McHale Center for the foreseeable future. Oh, that's right. I didn't even yeah. think about that. It's really yeah. a shame because that's a, it's such a big game field regardless Great of the rivalry. records. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, it's the foot in football. It's Arizona versus ASU in men's basketball. It's Arizona versus UCLA. And regard, I've been to a couple of those games, just regardless of the records, it just always has a big game feel when they play each other. More reason to get out of this garbage conference. Uh, once the uh, <laughs> Southern California schools leave, the officiating stinks, the TV deal stinks. And Shane and I, I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about that oh, over yes. the next six months. Just a hunch. Uh, Arizona sweeps this weekend. Uh, mark it down. I'm confident in that. And yes, I will put my money where my mouth is. Like it. Uh, Want to thank Matt Muehlbach for joining Shane and I. Great perspective from him. For Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. Thanks for listening. And as always, bear down. <laughs>